Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. On the show today, you know, I think you've heard enough from, I don't know, opinion writers and pollsters and pundits and stuff like that. Uh, So who are we going to have you talk to? Well, we're going to have you hear from a farmer, a a baseball player, a famous former Major League Baseball player, a sculptor, an amazing sculptor, by the way, uh, a former state troubadour. We're gathering together a group of people who are not political professionals, not candidates, nothing like that. They're just people who went to vote, and they're interesting people. We're going to ask them, what went through your mind? What was in your heart and soul? It's our Citizens Observer program coming up after the news. This is one of my favorite shows of the year. We do something like this in pretty much every election cycle, and we've done it from time immemorial. We call it the Citizen Observer Show. It's kind of like, uh, I always think of it as like what kind of election show Walt Whitman would have done. You know, it's at a certain point, you just can't listen to pundits and pollsters and people like that anymore. And you want to hear the actual experiences of people who vote, people who are not political professionals, just your fellow citizens. And then I think, well, if it, a, if it were a Walt Whitman poem, it would have a farmer and a sculptor and a troubadour and a juggler. And so we have all those things today, uh, all of those things and much more. Um, and, yeah, we're just going to just talk about the experience of voting, how people felt as they vote. I'm not going to ask people who they voted for. Sometimes uh, they want to volunteer that information. I, I'm not really interested in that. I'm kind of interested in your heart and soul as you vote. You know, how, how do you feel? Uh, are you hopeful for America? Are you worried? Uh, who'd you see at the polls? That kind of thing. You know, some of the people from small towns, everybody knows your truck, you know, and they yell and they say hi and stuff. That kind of thing. Big cities, kind of different. Um, I also want to say, <clears throat> we get really excited on Election Day. I mean, people like me, people in this business, we get super excited. I was just listening to Nate Silver, the great uh, data science journalist. He has had too many Red Bulls, and he admitted that he'd had Red Bulls, and Red Bull is not your friend uh, on Election Day. You can get overexcited. So if you're the kind of person who you know really gets stimulated by Election Day, I would say one Red Bull with tops and you know cut it off around three, something like that. Of course, I'm sitting here drinking coffee. All right, here we go. We're going to get right started here. Our first citizen observer uh, is from the northwest northwest corner of Connecticut, Benjamin Freund, uh, owner and operator of our <laughs> See, I am excited. I mean, to begin again, Benjamin Freund, owner and operator of Freund's Farm Incorporated, a dairy farm, and cow pots, di- biodegradable planting pots, both in East Canaan. Uh, he is joining us. He's our first citizen observer of the day. Uh, Benjamin Freund, welcome back to our show. Well, good to hear from you. So um, just in general, crowded polling place, uh, just describe maybe even where it is that you do vote. 
So we voted the town hall here in uh, in North Canaan. I'm, I'm from the suburbs. I'm from East Canaan. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we got there and we saw a uh, bus from the Senior Citizen Center, and we got pretty nervous, my wife and I. But mm. we approached the polls, uh, determined to wait in whatever line there might be. Which, when we got in there, mm. it was her and I and one other person in the in the polling uh, site. So it was uh, no lines, just a little bit of a scare. Made it through in about uh, four or five minutes, and uh, effortless and easy. Is your place, the, I mean, I would feel, feel like East Canaan and, and, in fact, North Canaan would be the kind of places where, I don't know, you run into people you know. or It sounds like you were voting pretty early, but uh, is it the kind of place where people yell, you know, hey, Ben, how are the cows, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I saw my old neighbor and waved to her. She was set up underneath a tent. Uh, it was uh, Brian Oler's mom and, uh, you know, always waved to her. Good to see her. She had her donuts and coffee out, mm-hmm. but it was raining, so I just left them there and and I saw someone from, I think, the Democratic Party on the other side, and he was just under an umbrella. And it was all very friendly and easy. Yeah. So uh, bef- either before or after uh, you voted, did you talk to the cows about the important of, importance of Election Day and the importance of participating in the democracy? Oh, they know about that. Yeah. The, the cows are always very involved in politics. Uh, every day they get up, they do their job, and, and make sure they're always uh, lobbying to try to get the— you know, they're just due for the great product that they produce. But unfortunately, that's uh, usually a struggle for us dairy farmers. But. Well, yeah, that's true. It's an uphill fight all the way. All right. So uh, it sounds like you at least had a good small town, warm hearted experience. You left feeling pretty good. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I got to uh, have a pre-lunch uh, date with my wife, so all is good. All is good. All is good in uh, East Canaan and North Canaan. Thanks so much for joining us, Benjamin Freund. Take care. Uh, thanks for having me. All right. So we're moving around the state here. We're talking to lots of people. Uh, we've set up lots of people. If we can squeeze in the occasional uh, caller uh, who's not on our list, we'll try to do that. Right now, though, it's very important. This is the dean of Citizen Observers. Uh, she has participated in every one of these shows we've ever done, as far as I can tell anyway. She has an unbroken streak. And increasingly now with the new younger Citizen Observers, if they have a problem, we we just send them over to her. She's the dean. Uh, Lara Herskovich is joining us right now, singer, songwriter, poet, uh, performer, advocate, former Connecticut State troubadour. She votes in Guilford. Uh, welcome back for your 148th Citizen Observer show. Collins, thank you. Any show that you frame as a Walt Whitman poem, I'm all in. There you go. So uh, you you know the drill. Uh, you probably have already figured out what you want to say. I don't even have to ask you a question. I do know the drill, and I feel, I feel really excited today. First, let me start by saying that when you and I spoke on this show, on primary day, I was a little bit worried because my windshield in my car got one of those little cracks, mm-hmm. and I was afraid that this would be some sort of metaphoric harbinger for our democracy, that it would turn into a big spider <laughs> yeah. crack all across my windshield and so on. And I'm happy to report. I know that there are pollsters. I know that there are professionals. But I'm happy to report here from the parking lot in uh, Middletown, Connecticut, that the crack has not changed. It did not turn into a spider uh, across my windshield. So as far as I'm concerned, our democracy is perfectly safe. Right. So it's the kind of auto body Dixwell notch of Connecticut, <laughs> the kind of statistic that Nate Silver doesn't even know about is the size just, of the I know windshield. you're serious about this, so I just want yeah. to make sure I'm doing my job. Appreciate it. But I'm feeling really inspired today. I heard Dr. Ruby Sales spoke in New Haven recently as part of a deeper change forum uh, connected to the CEIO program. And what she said was that we have to have the courage to look our country in the eye and the world for that matter but look our country in the eye see it for all that it is be honest about it and then do the work to change it and i have to say colin i really felt i felt people stepping up today i'm feeling 
I, I, I'm feeling sad about learning, like taking my rose-colored glasses about America off, mm-hmm. but they're off. And I'm also feeling inspired that the complacency of, the former complacency of our lack of civic engagement in the past, I don't know, decades, really, to me anyway, seems to be changing. My polling place was packed. I, I voted North Guilford. Um, I got there mid-morning, and typically that's a pretty quiet time. It was absolutely packed. There were 40 people waiting in line at 6 a.m. According to everyone there who was either holding a sign or working, uh, checking people in, they said it had been way above average turnout all day long. Um, Families were voting together, little kids leaving with their I Voted stickers, um, grandparents bringing their grandkids. There's a playground. This was a cold, damp, misty morning. The playground was full of adults and children playing. It felt like it felt like the Black Friday of civic engagement, if there were such a thing, without the without the violence. Yeah, people, just, no, it, no, it, yeah people weren't actually wrestling for for <laughs> like little voting booths or anything like that. Not right? that I saw, but that people Black were Friday. happy. Yeah. Long conversations in the parking lots. It just was a big civic engagement party. I'm feeling really hopeful about it. All right, this is a this, by the way, is that's a clinic for you, other citizen observers. That's how you do your citizen observer report. Lara Herskovich, uh, thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Pleasure. Bye. Okay, so we're moving around the state pretty fast. I want to squeeze in an unscheduled citizen observer because because I just want to. Here's Maria calling in from Ashford. So we are we really kind of are going from corner to corner to corner of the state right now. We're uh, heading back towards the northeast corner. Hi, Maria. You're on the Hi, air. Colin is the only day I call you election day. Yes, I am excited. I am happy. I went to vote very early, and it was a pleasure to see a lot of people in line. All right, and Ashford. I'm hoping that my vote make a, a, a difference tonight. It just does. Your vote just does make a difference, Maria. Thank you so much for calling in, and uh, glad to hear that uh, in tiny Ashford there are big crowds. All right, we're going to go back uh, onto our schedule. I can get in so much trouble with uh, Betsy Kaplan if I don't follow the schedule carefully. Uh, I should say that I started a thread on Facebook just asking people to write in about turnout, and, and anecdotally, turnout is really high. We, for a midterm election, we might be looking at kind of a record type of turnout. All right. Well, we're going to talk right now to Yolanda Negron, uh, who's retired. She remains active in her community. Uh, she votes in Willimantic. Uh, important to get the report from Willimantic. So, Yolanda Negron, uh, welcome to our show. Wow. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So, so and yeah. Tell me where you are. I am. Well, right now, um, I am at the... Elks Club in Willimantic, which is where one of the uh, polling places is. And I am here with my friend Janet, who is going to be voting. I voted earlier today, and there was a line. And um, it's been constant, um, people coming out to vote. And I had um, one of the moderators say that um, it looks um, it looks more like a presidential um, election mm-hmm. than like a state election, which is awesome because it means people are really engaging, and the rain does not seem to be stopping folks from coming out to vote. Do you have college kids who vote in Willimantic, uh, college voters who show up uh, at your polling place? You know, um, we do have Eastern Connecticut State University here Mm -hmm. in town. Yeah. And um, usually they come out 
you know, in, um, in drills for presidential campaigns. Right. And um, so, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see if, um, you know, they've been coming out for this election. And um, my niece attends Eastern, and she told me that, um, you know, there has been a lot of movement on campus of getting students registered to vote and interest from students who do want to vote, even though they're not like at their home addresses and they're on campus looking for information of how to get registered to be able to vote here. So, So, yeah, I think think the 18 to 25 vote is going to surprise people this year. Everything anecdotally uh, is saying it's going to be off the off the scale. Yolanda, I just want to ask you more of a a, for a personal uh, question. There's, you know, on on Election Day, you go, you vote. Sometimes you're worried. Sometimes you're excited. Sometimes you feel change in the air. Sometimes you feel doomed. I don't know. What was your mood? How did you feel when you were voting? How did it feel to be a voter today? Um felt great uh, looking at folks who were going to vote. Um, you know, I know many of them. And, um, you know, I think here in Wyndham, there's going to be a blue wave, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, gives, you know, um, which gives me hope. And you're right, um, you know, because there were um I observed some 20-year-olds mm-hmm. that um, typically I had not seen in the past coming out to vote, um, except for, like, presidential, you know, presidential campaign. And they, But there were people in their 20s and early 30s. Yep, 18, you know, 18 to line. 25. Big demographic this year. Uh, Yolanda Negron, I'll get in so much trouble if I don't uh, keep moving here. I want to thank you so much for joining us from Willimantic. Uh, she's retired uh, there uh, retire and remains active in her community. Do I have time for I'm going to slip Mary Rose in just before I go to Noah Behrman. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, here we go. So this is Mary Rose checking in from Bloomfield. And no, no, she ran out of patience. So we're going now to another musician, uh, Noah Behrman, jazz pianist, composer, author, educator. You've heard him on this show many times. Founder and artistic director of the nonprofit Resonant Motion, leads the Wesleyan University Jazz Ensemble. And Noah uh, voted in Middletown today. Uh, so uh, first of all, Noah, where are you right now and what are you doing? Uh, I am home uh, having just taken a hot shower because uh, prior to voting in Middletown, I spent the morning uh, holding signs and uh, getting out enthusiasm in Cromwell, Connecticut, for uh, state rep uh, candidate Laurel Steinhauser and for Matt Lesser, who you've talked about uh, a fair amount recently. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, And so most of my observations by... Uh, pure length came from my time in Cromwell before voting here in Middletown. And first of all, what were crowds like in Cromwell? It was huge. It was everybody. I had never been to an election in Cromwell before because I don't live in Cromwell. And everybody who was from there was remarking on how uh, robust it was. The rain didn't deter people. There's a constant flow. Uh, as of one o'clock, there had been thirty, uh, almost 3,500 ballots cast, which is uh, huge for a non-presidential year. And uh, I had a similar experience in Middletown, though it was smaller, um, that particular district. 
um, has fewer polling places. Middletown, I think there's 14. And uh, so there's not going to be as much of a pileup in any one place. But I've I've voted the last several presidential elections um, at this same polling place that I went today in Middletown. And the uh, parking lot was more full today than it was for either of the last two, at least. Yeah, I, th- I think I uh, get that. I've, I've gotten so many reports on my Facebook page, I've lost track of who said what about what. But I have a feeling somebody said that about Portland, too, which is uh, right down touching there, that they were experiencing some big turnout at at least one bowling place. So uh, so the Connecticut uh, River Valley is getting excited, apparently. So, uh, you know, you're somebody who's, uh, as a creator and an artist, uh, tends to be very much in touch uh, with his feelings. Uh, what were your feelings today? How, how are you, you know, how are you processing this day? Um, I was mostly feeling optimistic and really inspired by just the vigor of the turnout. Um, there were a few... Um, uh, combative moments that uh, reminded me that it's not quite as peaches and cream as that. Um, but for the most part, even those who might have been voting differently were friendly and dignified. And uh, um, I appreciated that and it gave me, uh, it gave me a lot of um, inspiration just to see that level of engagement. Yeah. So you, what you're saying is like you're just standing there holding a sign for a Democratic candidate what did you, uh, when you say there wasn't like a snarly moment or anything like that? There were there were a few moments when people um, who were clearly voting otherwise walked by and snarled uh, particularly unflattering things in oh. our direction. Um, so that was not very nice. But oh. uh, um, but I would say that was the statistical mi- statistical minority of interactions went like that. All right, that's good um, to hear. That's good to hear. All right, so uh, basically, your artistic soul is cautiously full of promise. Right. Or or I guess I would phrase it more as um, inspired, though uh, ongoingly ambivalent about the bridges that have uh, yet to be mended. All right. So uh, my uh, my prescription is warm up a little bit more and then sit down at the piano and write a seven-minute piece that reflects that. Okay. All right. Noah Behrman, thanks so much for checking in with us from the middle of the state, Uh, hence the name Middletown. All right. So we've got a few uh, sort of non-scheduled callers. I think we've got Mary Rose back here. So why don't we uh, start with you? Mary Rose, are you there? Yes, I'm here. What's happening in Bloomfield? Um, I voted this morning around 11. It was pouring rain. Um, But even driving through Bloomfield Center, there was a lot of traffic. Uh, The polling places are... Two different districts are right next to each other, Mm -hmm. so I could see a lot of cars going in. And my observation was, um, it reminds me a lot of 2008, um, when people were voting in the presidential election. Um, I think in 2008, people were hopeful. I remember bringing my children and other people had kids there. I remember it as being a sunny day, or that could just be uh, looking back through uh, real rose-colored glasses. But today I I felt a sense of determination. People seemed a little more serious. Um, I saw all ages, a lot of senior citizens, um, but also uh, parents with young children. 
All right. That sounds great. Uh, you sound optimistic. And uh, anytime you talk about a midterm like this, 2018, the way you would talk about a presidential year, and I'm hearing a lot of that. By the way, I'm getting some uh, some statistics in not only from the Secretary of State's office, but from people I know who are party operatives. And it, it absolutely is the case that pretty consistently across these polling places, you know, turnouts 10 percent, 14 percent, maybe ahead of where it would be uh, on an ordinary day like this. So uh, an ordinary election day like this. So, I mean, some of that also is there are more people registered. So there are just more people to vote. Uh, Anyway, let's grab um, one more call here. I've got a couple of things I want to tell you about. We might need to go to a break first. So um, we've got, I think, somebody voting for the first time, but I'm also not sure I know how to pronounce your name. So you're on the air. First of all, tell me your name. Uh, Hi, my name's Clyde. Clyde, okay. And so this is uh, first time for you? Yeah, I just turned 18 a couple months ago. Oh, well, congratulations. And so where did you vote? Um, I voted in Cheshire at the elementary and first of all, how did it go? Did you have any problems? Did they, they were you re, right were you on the list where you're supposed to be? Yeah, I went in and there was about like 30 or 40 people in line. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to one of the senior citizens there. Yeah. And he was like, I've been coming here for the last 16 years. Whenever I come in, I just go in and vote. There's never a line. So I was surprised to see that many people turning out. Yep. That's, it's consistently like that. I mean, I've got this very unscientific thread on Facebook. Uh, I, I think over 100 people have answered it, but I'm getting a lot of those kinds of comments. I've voted for 32 years at this location. I've never seen this before. So clearly something's going on, and maybe uh, you're part of that. So any particular thoughts about voting you want to share here uh, on the air? Um. I'm just really happy that everyone's going out and participating, honestly. Yeah. Because I'm very involved in politics, and I always see it's like low voter turnout. So I'm really excited to see everybody's participating this year and putting their two cents in. All right. Listen, uh, uh, Clyde, thank you so much for calling today. Uh, Before I go to Ellen, I want to just say a couple of things. First of all, um, one thing I want to tell all of you, particularly if you're voting in a city, there is is a movement, a a kind of challenger movement uh, launched by the Stefanowski campaign in cities, in Hartford, New London, and New Haven at minimum, uh, where you may see people there waiting to try to challenge uh, you as a voter, challenge your eligibility to vote. One thing that I said yesterday, I'll say it again today, do, under no matter where you're voting, no matter what happens, don't leave a polling place without filling out some kind of ballot. Um, I mean, in the case of a challenge, uh, there is such a thing as a challenge ballot, which will be held separately, probably uh, looked at if the question uh, is eventually litigated. Um, so uh, if they just don't have your name at all, it's not a result of a challenge or something, you can you should be able to fill out at least a provisional ballot. Don't leave a polling place without filling out some kind of ballot. Also remember, you can register today. You can't register where you're voting. There's, it's somewhere else in your town. It's probably town hall. Um, but you can register to vote today. We do have Election Day registration here today. And lastly, in some towns, you need to turn the ballot over because there's stuff on the other side. That's not true everywhere, but in towns like Tallinn, Tallinn has just wackiness with ballot questions. I think they have eight ballot questions. So um, in Tallinn, you definitely want to turn the ballot over. could be everything else is on the other side or all that stuff is on the other side. So anyway, look on both sides of the ballot. Make sure that uh, you're not missing anything. So that, those that's my sort of uh, parental advice to you. And um, uh, joining us now, uh, we're going to get one more call in, I think, before we go to a break. Uh, uh, Ellen Griesedick, uh, who is an artist who launched the American Mural Project, a 
tribute to American workers. Uh, that will be uh, the largest indoor collaborative artwork in the world. Uh, she's up in the northwest corner today, too. Uh, and here she is joining us now. Hi. Welcome to our show. Hi, Colin. How are you? Good. So, um, I don't know. Just tell me, how did it go for you today? That was great. You know, there's nothing. You get a, a real high when you go in there and you're seeing all the people in town there. In the case of Sharon, Connecticut, it's a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Um, but I was amazed to find out I don't know all the people in Sharon because it was a mob scene. <laughs> and um, the poor gals that were manning the the, the ballot booths and everything were like, we haven't had anything like this in a long time. So, I mean, boy, does that make you feel great. Yeah. And I mean, uh, it's sort of a nice mirror of the artistic work you're involved in, too, that sort of reflection of uh, a diverse America. I think people hear Sharon and they probably think, you know, it's the Buckleys and, you know, some yep. dairy farms and stuff like that. I'm guessing the picture that you saw at the polling place today was more complicated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always. I mean, you know, you see pickup trucks and you see I mean, you, everybody's in there. And it's like, I mean, this, this tribute to American workers is all about all of us, you know, and how important it is each each person, whether you're Scott the farmer or you're Edwin, a cop in Brooklyn, we're all equal and important, and we need to pay attention to that. And I think that this is a great way to express that. And we we talk all the time to kids about how, you know, whatever we're doing together, each one of you is so important in the process, and we can't do it without you. And here we are today finding that out. All right. Well, that's a that's a beautiful way to put it. Uh, I love what you just said there, and I hope people uh, take that idea to heart. All right. I'm getting the sign from Betsy Kaplan. Move, move, move. So, uh, Ellen Griesedick, thanks so much for joining us, uh, the artist who launched the American Mural Project, voting up in Sharon. All right. So we're going to take a break. We're a little bit late for it. We're going to come back. We're going to do more of this. We're going to get reports from all over the state. Just, you know, people talking about how they're feeling. What are they thinking about today? Cause I can And I hope I don't sound partisan But listen everybody Here's the plan Go out and get to voting Though your interest is waning And while fetching and complaining All right. Welcome back to our Citizen Observer show. We do this for every election. We try to get people who are not political professionals. And my question to Betsy Kaplan always is, how not political professional can we get them to be? So, for example, the next three calls you're going to hear are from uh, a juggler, an acclaimed uh, juggler, an acclaimed sculptor, sculptor uh, and an acclaimed uh, former Major League Baseball player. So that's pretty far from being um, uh, being a pro- political professional. We're, we're getting the real people, uh, but some very special real people, too. So joining us right now, he's done this before. I'm always very excited when he does this. Uh, Michael Motion is joining us. He is a MacArthur Genius Grant-winning uh, sculptor and performance artist. He's the guy who designed the juggling that's done in the movie Labyrinth which uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda just cited as one of the five most influential movie musicals in his life. So uh, I normally think of it as a musical, but I guess it is. Uh, Anyway, Michael votes in Cornwall. Thank you very much for doing this again, uh, Michael Motion, and welcome back. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, Colin. So uh, first of all, tell us about the scene. Uh, Tell us about the church ladies. Tell us about what's going on in Cornwall. Well, it's a rainy day, so I spent a little bit of time watching the birds fight over the suet outside. Uh, but the, the the voting here in town is done uh, at the town hall, and next to that is a library. So I checked in at the town hall, and 
from what I could see, it was a steady flow uh, mm. of people. And I, I listened to one of your guests before saying uh, something like that it was very earnest voting, very committed. Mm-hmm. And that's the sense, that's the atmosphere, is people are there to vote. Yeah. And it really feels that way. I checked in at the library, and uh, they, the woman behind the counter there said people have been telling her they actually had to wait to vote in this small town, which means uh, turnout is high. Um, and I had a really fun interchange. One guy sort of makes us all into pikers as far as voting, voting is concerned. He hiked up over the mountain from <laughs> Cornwall Bridge up over to Cornwall Plains, which is about a two-and-a-half-hour hike uh, over a ridge line and everything. Uh, to come and vote, uh, and he looked great. Right, and he he's, totally he's, committed. He basically just turned voting into a Robert Frost poem. Absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I hear in Cornwall the other thing is that the the church ladies throw this terrific soup, bread, and dessert lunch at the nearby parish house. And yes. So yes. there's more it's voting all midday in the same area. Yeah. So you can partake that way. Um, yeah, and but really there's there's a sense of uh, yeah we're here to do something. And when a small town gets that attitude, we're here to do something, you really feel it. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. So uh, The one the yeah. one note, which yeah. is interesting, is a woman that I ran into. Uh, her daughter voted for the first time early voting, and apparently the vote, the, the, the ballot, didn't make its way to where it was supposed to. So she was checking on that to see what's what. All right. Um, so the normal problems. The normal problems, but yeah. we hope no, no worse than the normal problems. Michael yeah. Motion, it's always an honor to have you do this for us. Thank you so much Thanks for, for being me. a Citizen Observer. All right. So in just a second here, we're going to go. We'll go right now, actually. Uh, Susan Clenard is going to join us. Uh, she is uh, an amazing sculptor. If you get to see her work, go see it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where to tell you to go see it other than at the Clenard Sculpture Studio. Uh, she votes uh, in New Haven. Susan, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Hi, Colin. Uh, I should say that Susan and Barry Blitt and Jack Gilpin and I were all on a panel together in Litchfield a few years ago, and uh, and the, all of them have been citizen observers now. Susan was the last one, the hardest one to get, but we got her today. So um, so this is great. Uh, first of all, you vote in New Haven. Tell me what that was like this morning. Yeah, I got into the uh, to the high school uh, where actually my son goes to school um, in New Haven around seven in the morning. And it was bumping. The the lines were lots of lots of curves and uh, a lot of earnestness. The same the same thing as a lot of your other uh, guests have uh, spoken about. Um, I I noticed there were not a lot of cell phones out. I mean the lines were. I was in the lines for about forty five minutes and wow. people stood strong. And you know there was some sense of there just was another feeling there. Um, I still get the you know tickly feeling in my gut when I go and vote. Um, you know, I don't know if that's the arty farty person in me, but I feel like <laughs> it's, 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 you know, I know, I, I know what it took for women to get there and, uh, and I take it very seriously. And uh, a lot of children rolling around on the ground, uh, one extremely touching, well, it happened twice, uh, thing that I saw, remember I'm a sculptor and I, mm-hmm. I, I felt people's stories, so I'm constantly observing faces and expressions and moments of, of beauty, and there is two young African-American men helping their elderly, either grandparent or aunt or someone, up up the steps, and it looked really like it was very, very difficult for the women to get up the steps to stand in line, and there was just something in that beauty of um, the support and, you know, the effort it took these older women to get to the pole. I thought, oh my goodness, if they can do it, we all need to get our tushies out and uh, and and and. 
speak today. So I can almost picture a Susan Clinard sculpture of what you just described. <laughs> well, I came back to the studio right after I voted, and I said, oh, I can't get this image out of my mind. And I, I went ahead and I made a, a sketch of that mm-hmm. moment because it was, it was really touching. And, um, you know, we need to remind ourselves, I and mean, that's the beauty of art. I'm not a, I'm not a speaker. I'm not one, you know, marching in the street, but my work tells our shared stories. And th- that was a moment in time that I thought we should look at again. Yeah. Um, and so I did. I did a sketch of that. No, it, it totally fits with the body of your work. I wouldn't be surprised to see you uh, do that. So uh, very quickly, Susan, we have had reports in New Haven of sort of challengers who are there watching uh, to make sure that people are who they say they are. Did you run? Did you see anything like that or notice anything like that? I, I, I didn't. Um, you know, the, I, I really look at people's hands and their facial <laughs> I do. I know, I know, I know. We, we, we carry more of what, like, really what's going on in our hands even more than our faces. And and uh, there was a lot of, there was kind of a lot of nervous, you know, picking at the skin of the side of your <laughs> your nail. And um, but no, I mean, there wasn't any ugliness. Um, I felt I, that was it was actually a really positive experience, and you know, um, felt good. All right. Everybody who knows Susan Clenard just became a little bit more self-conscious about what they do in front of her. <laughs> uh, but uh, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you, Colin. Take it easy. Okay. Uh, and so we're going to go to uh, – no, Doug's not ready, I don't think. All right. So uh, let me give out the number, 860-275-7266. This is I, – I know I sound a little scatterbrained here. It's just – first of all, Betsy Kaplan is just doing a great job of getting these calls up on the screen because she doesn't trust anybody else to do it. And I think that's actually true. She has trouble trusting. Uh, and, but she's doing a great job of getting on these calls up on the screen. But it's, it's coming really fast. You, know, you really have to get ready to shift gears here. So anyway, our number, if you want to be part of this, is 860-275-7266. Uh, and uh, we have a few more regularly scheduled guests for you. Uh, we could conceivably go to a break right now. That might be a smart thing to do. Why don't we go to our uh, our break? We're going to come back. If you want to come in and call, and particularly if you have like a really good story, and to put a lot of pressure on you, 860-275-7266. We'd be happy to hear your stories of voting. If a fella don't know how to vote, he'll find out he's missed the boat. He'll be set behind that eight ball, too. Now, if your boss is a Democrat, you might better think about that, because a presidential election is coming up soon. But if he happens to be a Republican and you ain't brother, then that ain't fun, because that means you're going to have to change your tune. Politics, oh, politics. You gotta know just how to vote. Today's show was produced by Betsy Kaplan, with help from me, Kion Wolf. The part of Bill Curry was played by John Kerry. On tomorrow's show, we revisit our conversation about swamps. And now, back to Colin. Yeah, welcome back to our Citizen Observer Show. This is not the show where we do political analysis or try to tell you who's winning or anything like that. We're just interested in the experience of voting, how people feel when they do vote, uh, what, it's, what it was like to vote today, what the weather was like, what the people at the polls were like. Was there happiness? Was there snarling? That's the kind of thing we want to know. We're just interested in, in you know, what's going on in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. So, um uh, we're going to go to a couple of uh, uh, scheduled guests here, and we've got some people calling in as well. I also want to just quickly say, remind you that tonight, starting at 7 o'clock, 
John John, John Dankowski, Lucy Nelpothanchel, and I will all be here in the studios along with the greatest uh, radio news team in America, uh, very possibly. I don't know. I can't really back that up. Uh, Led by Ace Newsman Jeff Cohn and all of our great reporters who are going to be all out all over the state. Uh, We'll have some special analysts here in the studio, uh, including uh, one who is, uh, I think, the youngest political analyst uh, in Connecticut right now. I think he's 15. Uh, and lots of other people. So anyway, we'll and we'll be on from at least seven to nine. If we can't call the governor's race at nine o'clock, we're going to stay until uh, we do figure it out. So uh, here we go. We're going to go back to uh, the phone calls. Here we're going to start with one of our scheduled guests. I hope I'm saying this name right, Barry Jesserun, owner of the Vanilla Bean Cafe in Pomfret, uh, who also does vote in Pomfret. Uh, welcome uh, to our conversation. Did I say your name okay? Yeah, that's, that's good enough. Just oh. run that time. You got it close. Okay. So uh, what was it like voting in Pomfret today? Well, Pomfret's a small town. We vote in the community school. Uh, the school is off for the day. Uh, the busiest times at the polls are usually in uh, early morning before work and, and uh, late after work. So right now it's kind of quiet. And uh, you are able to vote in what I consider to be very possibly the most exciting uh, race in Connecticut right now. Uh, that would be a state legislative, a state Senate race. It's Perrier versus Champagne. John Perrier is running against Daniel Champagne. Uh, I assume there's been a fair amount of joking around town about that. There's been a few comments. As you know, I own, I own a cafe. Yeah. So, you know, you, you catch a little bit of that at the morning coffee class, you know. Right. So, um, yeah. So how are people's moods there? Are people in a pretty good mood today at the polling place? You know, I see that most of the time when I'm here today, I get to hang out a little longer because uh, I'm doing a fundraiser with someone. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, it's always good to see the residents in town and most people that I see are happy. They're happy to be voting. Yeah. And so and and decent sized crowds. Well, this morning it was a little decent. Right now it's kind of quiet. It's, you know, you know, we're seeing two or three at a time coming in to vote. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the rain might be slowing people down a little bit. All right. Barry, thanks so much for checking in with us from the uh, uh, northeast corner. That really is too. But by the way, there is a candidate named Perrier running. It's probably pronounced Perrier, but it's Perrier, spelled Perrier. Perrier running against Champagne. You got to love that. All right. Let's get a, a call from Collinsville. Fred from Collinsville. I'm hearing a lot of stuff from Canton today. I'm hearing about big crowds uh, of voters. Let's see if Fred cons- confirms this. Hi, Fred. You're on the air. Uh, hi, Colin. Um, yes, you are quite right. It's been quite um, quite the line at the polling place. Um, I'm calling for two reasons. The first is to really compliment the poll workers, um, including some people out in the parking lot directing traffic uh, just to help um, help keep congestion from overwhelming them, um, and the poll workers inside managing the lines very well. Uh, so it's not really delaying things much at all. And so I just want to compliment the poll workers. I I agree, by the way. That was my experience today. I know that they're getting more training now. The moderators are getting, I think, uh, training cycles every two years and stuff like this. So it was this is a complicated day. It's a midterm election and you're not supposed to have crowds like this for a midterm election. We may break uh, some kind of Connecticut record. Uh, and it's, it's a nationwide phenomenon, too. So uh, that they're handling things so well and that yeah. they anticipated the crowds, too. I mean, I, I saw uh, more ballot stations set up in my polling place than I typically see and stuff like that. So they, sure. they seem to know what's coming. Okay, and if I could just ma- mention two other things uh, quickly. One is, just by chance, I happened to be in town hall when they were testing the voting machines. Mm-hmm. And they let me watch. In fact, they encouraged it. 
and they really take seriously making sure that they work uh, that they work and test it and seal it and witness everything. Oh, yeah. And I was just impressed with the mechanics that go into making our boat count. So I really appreciated that. Yeah. And I guess the last thing I want to say is um, I've been voting for 50 years now, and I still, <laughs> I'm sorry, I still get um, emotional about voting because um, not everybody in the world can do that. And um, a lot of people who can do it cannot do it meaningfully. You know, we can all think of the countries where that's the case. So I still get uh, I still get worked up about it. You know, so, George, you're my favorite caller of the Fred. Sorry, Fred, you're my favorite caller of the day. That that is exactly the kind of thing that it's the reason we have this show. It's the reason we do this Citizen Observer show is that because it is meaningful to people. Just the act of voting doesn't matter who he voted for. Doesn't matter which side he's on. The, the act of being an American and voting. And as he says, it, it's not a layup everywhere. It's not a given everywhere. So uh, uh, so great call. Uh, terrific call from Fred. Uh, all right. So I think I should go over to one of our scheduled guests up here. We got a lot of calls uh, coming in from the outside world as well. Uh, and so George is calling us from uh, Torrington. I'm not sure. I, I want you to pronounce your last name so I say it uh, correctly, George. New James. New James. All right. So, chef, owner of New James uh, Bistro in Winstead. Uh, George is voting uh, or votes in Torrington. So, yeah, describe the scene in Torrington today as you were voting. It was very exciting. It was pouring rain uh, in my 20 years of voting in Torrington. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that I see a stream of people, middle of the day, every booth was um, occupied. It was exciting. And um, and I have to also, uh, previous caller, he mentioned uh, how emotional it is to yeah. vote. I felt the same way. I, I think a lot of people do. And there's something about this year, too. You know, uh, the way the sculptor Susan Clenard said there were people waiting in line for 45 minutes, but they weren't looking at their phones. They were just kind of kind of present in the moment, uh, thinking about oh, what's happening here. And, and you've got some interesting things going on there, too. Um, you're part of a really big Senate district that has parts of Avon, Avon Bark, Hempstead, Canton, Colebrook. Granby, Heartland, Harwinton, New Hartford, Norfolk, Simsbury, and Torrington. That's all one Senate district. It is exciting. I actually uh, rubbed elbow with Melissa Osborne. She was standing there. Um, People were excited. You know, this election is so important to me. I'm an immigrant to this country. I've been here 35 years. I never missed a voting uh, day. And I feel this, this election is like Stakes are so high, and it's so important. And I would encourage all the listeners, doesn't matter what party they belong to, to go out and vote. Uh, George, uh, that, I think we're going to uh, stop it there, but that's a beautiful note to end on. And thank you so much for sharing uh, not only your experiences but your feelings today. Good luck to everyone. Thank uh, you. All right, that's uh, George Newjame, uh, chef and owner of Newjame's Bistro in Winstead. He votes in Torrington. Uh, the Melissa Osborne that he was mentioning is the Democratic candidate for state Senate from there, uh, running against the incumbent Kevin Whitgust. I do want to say tonight, with our special coverage that starts at 7 o'clock, one of my jobs is going to be uh, keeping an eye on some of these General Assembly races. We'll be doing, I'll be working on that. I think Patrick Scahill from our news department is working on that. We also have Accupants, which is our new uh, tabulating system. Uh, 
which is basically just Jonathan McNichol. But uh, Accupants sounds more exciting. Um, all right. So um, where am I supposed to go next? OK, I'm looking here. So we're going to go to to back to Middletown uh, where Shelly is calling. Oh, no, Shelly is not calling in anymore from Middletown. Let me go to Evan, who is calling in from Avon. Oh, I, I think I know what this story is going to be like. It's going to be very similar to one that uh, Wolfie uh, had today, too. Hi, Evan. You're on the air. Hello. So tell um, me. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was out voting in Avon, um, and it was very well run, no lines. Uh, the, they were directing traffic beautifully. But once I submitted my ballot, the person in front of me had jammed the machine. They think it was because he let his ballot touch his umbrella, which was wet, <laughs> and that kind of gummed up the process. So we wound up standing in line. Um, for a, but I'd have to say I was really impressed with how the poll workers handled the situation. Um, one person was, you know, keying in the machine to unjam the ballot, and the other workers were telling us that we could put this in a bin instead of waiting in line. Um, even though it was something that they hadn't experienced that day, they seemed really on top of it. Right. There's a whole procedure for dealing with that. Um, a lot of polling places have a second scanner there, but it's usually like sort of held off in reserve somewhere. But but either way, they store your ballots and run them through the scanner later. Uh, and they, they have the paper record, which they have to reconcile at the end of the day and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, uh, I'd feel pretty confident. And, do, yeah, don't let your umbrella touch the whatever. Absolutely. All right. Well, now so you learn something now. Don't let your umbrella touch the ballot. It's a bad thing. All right. So now joining us is Christine Woodside, uh, author of Libertarians on the Prairie and New Wilderness Voices. She's back down there in the Connecticut Valley. Uh, she's in Deep River, and uh, she's she joins us, I think, also for Primary Day, and she's back. Hi, Christine. Hi. How are you doing? Good. So, uh, first of all, what was it like in Deep River today? Well, uh, we actually had a line, which was incredible. We have one polling place at the library, so the spitting rain outside and all the uh, people in the committees were under their little canopies, and uh, I went in, and I had to wait five whole minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's pretty exciting in Deep River when there's a line. I mean, sometimes people will just come out just to look at the line. You don't see them that often. Yeah, it's news. It's news when we have a line. Um, And I, I stopped by the Democrats' tent, and I said to them, uh, so give me your best stump speech. And he jumped into action. Really? This was, this was Charlie Brashears, who's head of the Democratic Town Committee in my town. I mm. didn't even know who he was. Yeah. But, and so he, he said to me, now, don't think about the national level. Think about the local level. The national level is like poetry. The local level is like prose. Huh. I love it. <laughs> I, I do. Well, I think maybe he was trying to please me because I yeah. told him I was a writer. Right, right, but yeah. Then I was walking home, and so I said, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, prose is like you've got to be practical. And, mm. you know, we at the state and local level, you know, do you want snowplows? Mm. Do you want police? Do you want... So, you know, everybody's just sort of stunned, uh, I think. And so when I was walking home, I was thinking, no, it's more like poetry at all <laughs> levels. Yeah, I like think a bad, a bad villanelle, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, or it could be a beautiful sonnet by the end of the day. You never know. Uh, it we could be right, something right. that soars uh, as opposed to something that's sore. All right. Well, Christine Woodside, so great to talk to you. Thank you for participating in this program. We got some other people, just people who called in uh, on the number. I want to get a few of them on the air before I'm out of time, but not much time is left. Christina in Guilford. Hi, Christina. You're on the air. Hi, Colin. How are you? Good. Um, yeah, I just wanted to I mean, at first echo what everybody is saying. It's the first time um, I have seen lines at my polling place 
I vote in Guilford, and it was so exciting um, for me this morning. But I also, on a personal note, I had um, a story I wanted to share about my son Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully encourage everybody who hasn't yet voted to get out. Um, My son turned 18 at the beginning of the summer and was so excited about the idea of voting. And uh, he even, when he realized he wasn't going to be in Connecticut, but rather in Utah because he was starting college, um, started, you know, figured out how he could register out there and researching, you know, the issues and candidates there. And um, unfortunately, he passed away at the beginning of September. Oh, gosh. And it um, it was so important to him. He was so engaged as an 18-year-old, and he was really looking forward to voting. And I, I felt today like I voted for him, mm. and um, I've just been asking everybody I know um, to really please Honor his memory and and do, you know, get out there. I don't care if it's raining. Get out there and vote. It's important. Oh, well, what a story. And, uh, Christine, thank you so much for your willingness to share it and, and your color, your courage uh, in, in yeah, no, making it. If it gets it... One, one more person out to vote, that's why I did it. So thank you for taking the call. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, now I'm choked up. <laughs> this is I'm not going to put anybody else on the air because it's just you can't follow that. That's... An amazing and incredibly touching story. And, and you know, I mean, yeah, a young guy who was just about to vote for the first time the way uh, one of our uh, earlier callers did. Um, yeah, vote for that guy. Vote for the guy who didn't get to vote. There's there's another guy like that and another woman like that and another woman like that. There are people who, for one reason or another, will not be able to vote today. And I always, my whole life, I have felt this way, that this is one of our great civic rituals. You know, we don't have that many. We're not... It's not like England where there's like all this royal stuff that's going on all the time. You know, there, we we are a nation of citizens, not a nation of of nobles and commons. So these are our rituals and we all do them exactly the same way too. The most important person, the richest person uh, in Connecticut, uh, the best connected person, it doesn't make any difference. They don't get in some kind of special line. They don't go to some kind of special place. Uh, They go to the same place that you go to and they vote. This is the day that for that one moment in the booth, when you're in there with the pen and the ballot, we're all equal. Everybody's vote counts. I mean, we can talk about apportionment and the fact that you know, people in Wyoming, their votes do count more. But uh, but in these situations, anyway, and here inside Connecticut, we're all voting exactly the same way. And if that doesn't thrill you, this great equalizer, if that doesn't thrill you, and if it does, that doesn't empower you uh, and make you feel as though, yeah, this is absolutely worth, I think, as Susan Clonard said, getting worth getting uh, up off my tushy and going to vote. I don't know what would, right? So thanks to everybody who participated today. Thanks to everybody who voted. Uh, if you haven't voted, go vote. If you're there and something goes wrong, don't leave without filling out some kind of ballot. There's no way that they can send you away from the polling place without letting you fill out some kind of ballot. Thanks also to Carlos Mejia, who's handling social media today. Wolfie on the board. Uh, We'll be back at 7 o'clock tonight, the whole gang. So spend some time with us. Have a nice dinner and then do the dishes. And while you're doing that, you just listen to us gab about what's happened so far.